Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Libby Edelman, co-founder of Sam Edelman, best known for shoes. Libby is an industry veteran. I wanted to ask her about the pandemic's impact on shoes, including whether comfort and practicality will trump trends moving forward. Welcome, Libby. Well, thank you so much. This is so much fun to do this. Excited to have you here. I tell you what, Libby, this is going back. You had a boot called the Zoe boot. Oh, yes. I remember (laughs) that boot. I had the Zoe boot. And I just, I want to ask you and tie this into like, I don't know how you can gauge whether a a style will go viral because this boot was from 2009. I just looked it up prior to the pandemic. And, you know, I got it for a steal. I got it at Victoria's Secret. Correct. For like $90. I think I had a promo code and I just was dying for this boot because all the bloggers had it. I saved that boot. It sold out. I wore it a couple of times. I sold it on eBay eventually. Guess how much money I got for this darn boot? $1,000. $1,200. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? The heck? And I was very clear because it had a lookalike style that was a designer style. Of course. It was very similar. And I was like, this is not that. This is the Zoe Boo by Sam Edelman. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you hear stories like this a lot? Uh, Well, I definitely heard it about the Zoe many, many times. And I suppose it's because it was inspired by a designer boot. But I think more importantly was there was such a, everybody wanted, and we only made a small percent, you know, we didn't make that many of them. So I think, you know, that supply demand is really important. Well, you've had several hot styles. I know um, there were the gladiators around 2007. There were the the fringe boots. Do you know when something's going to hit big? Uh, We don't know 100%, but what we do know is that our job is to really come up with um, what's happening in fashion. And so every time we design product, whether it's shoes or even additional things that we're working on, it's got to be the it's got to be coming from a fashion story, a trend that is going to hit for the following year. And every single big shoe that we've ever done has actually started that way and then become really a big shoe. Our motto is not to design an item because you can't do that. Right. That makes perfect sense. So has that process changed? Did it used to be, um, yes, trend scout, I I guess maybe scouting big uh, fashion capitals and looking at the runways and um, trend forecasting, all of that. We're hearing a lot that trends are coming from social media um, and that you're moving faster than, you know, getting ahead of that trend in a couple of months. Uh, What's how would you describe the evolution of that process? Well, I think that, um, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's some truth to that certainly today because um, of people, you know, really looking at the runway and then taking charge and whether it's a Zara or whatever and sort of showing it's in, it's in advance, so far in advance. But I really think that there's a process of really looking backwards and looking um, at what the designers are doing, what the women are wearing on the streets and what they're embracing, whether you're in a European city or you're in the streets of L.A. or anywhere in the United States. And there's sort of like this natural um, trend that sort of evolves from season to season. And it's not so easy to explain um, all the time. But I really look to see what are people wearing on the street, what is coming off the runway, of course, Um, I always think it starts in Europe and it's really, you know, we always interpret it a different way. I think every designer does. And 
we've all, we've found most recently that so many of the designers are copying the designers. There seems to be <laughs> yeah. like everything starts to not look the same because they interpret it different, but we're all on the same wavelength. There's something in the air for all of us. Do sneakers make up a larger percentage of your inventory of your styles um, than maybe five years ago? Is that a big trend or what what styles are working for you? Well, first, um, addressing the sneakers. Um, Interesting. I have a pair of sneakers from maybe 10 years ago that I love. So we obviously did some sneakers, but sneakers really became big in the last few years. It's not a huge um, part of our line, but we have them because, of course, everybody embraced wearing them with all the dresses. And I just saw the Dior runway yesterday and every single dress so beautiful and feminine and exciting is worn with these new sneakers that she's showing. But it's not an easy look for everyone to wear. So um, we try to give a total lifestyle group of footwear um, because it makes sense. You don't want to wear sneakers all the time. During the pandemic, since March 2020, is that what was selling? Or maybe it was like those slide sandals. Uh, What did people want to wear? Well, there was this big resurgence of slippers. I guess nobody was going out of the house. Um, And that's not something we've ever done before. So we did sort of jump on that a little bit. But it was sort of a nice natural way because we do a lot of slides anyhow um, in our sandals. So all we had to do is have fun with, you know, faux fur and lots of different materials. And it was just a small portion of our uh, collection. And it was interesting. We were working down in Florida which we can talk about that more. But, you know, that was much more open than it was anywhere in the United States or Europe. Um, I guess because, first of all, it's good weather, you know, so much of the time, especially in the winter time when this pandemic started and the following year and or this year, I should say. And um, when we could start going out to the restaurants way before anybody else, the first thing we saw is everybody was wearing heels. So that was, I mean, we knew way in advance that that's what everybody was going to want to do because they couldn't wear them during if they were inside. Why wear a pair of heels inside? You can't see them on Zoom, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So are you preparing for this big wave of stilettos uh, and heel wearing uh, in the next couple of months? Yes, we um, we just showed the uh, Spring 22 collection this past week to the stores, past couple weeks, and we have a big collection of high heels. And we also did last year also, even though we were, you know, in our homes, we really sort of felt that when people felt like they were going to go out or they felt more comfortable, of course, we didn't know how long this was going to go on they would put on a pair of heels. And we actually did see that in the beginning before it got cold in New York City when we came back. Uh, People were putting on their heels and their platforms, anything to feel different than when they're in the house. You mentioned leaning into slippers. Um, When you pick up on something that's catching catching on, how fast are you able to move? It's hard to move fast in the footwear industry. Um, There's a lot of components. You have to own the right leather. You have to buy it. It all takes time. And then we had to deal with, you know, everybody was, all the ports got congested. So we always say it's 180 days is what it takes from an idea to get it to a store. Um, But it doesn't always happen that easily. Sometimes we can push it up if we're lucky, a style here and there, but really it's 180 days and plus. Did the pandemic impact that? And did it make you rethink maybe some some elements of your supply chain and um, maybe safe proofing for the future? Um, 
I don't think that it really, I think the ports really affected us the most more than, I mean, obviously some of the factories were really hurting and there were some slowdowns there and some of the workers didn't come back. So yes, we were all affected. I think every single person was affected. Um, It's not easy for us to have a backup anywhere else. I mean, at one time, all footwear was made in Italy, then it moved to Brazil, and now it's in the um, the East, in China and Vietnam. And we do some in India. India was sort of our backup, interesting enough. But, you know, of course, that's not the, the safest place right now. But we, um, are getting, we are getting footwear from there. So we are, we are still getting um, the shoes. Okay, great. Well, tell me what else happened um, in the last year. You said you were working from Florida. Where's your headquarters typically? Because I know that you, uh, <laughs> Calaris uh, acquired Sam Edelman a while back, which I'm in St. Louis right now. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, where's your headquarters? Our headquarters are in New York City. So we're in Midtown. We have a beautiful space that um, we're so proud of. It's quite a big space, and and it's so sad because we have so many people are not back in the office. But anyway, we're based there. And and then when the pandemic hit last year in March, we went down to, we have a home in Florida, and we went down there. I think we had this fear we're going to be locked up in New York and we wouldn't be able to work. And that gave us the freedom, actually, working in uh, Florida we just went to our dining room table. Uh, I have to say, Sam and I, it, we were not lounging around and watching movies. Uh, right. We were working nonstop. And, and I was just thinking about it. It was as if we were starting the brand again because um, it made us really sort of stop. It was just Sam and I. And then we have um, sort of our right hand, Dottie Grubb. She's um, been with us for 10 years. And she's, she lived right down the street. Um, she moved down there also to live with her parents and we just started working on the new collection and it was like we had to work slowly because it was only three of us and it was so interesting you know we did zoom calls with all their designers to help us sketch it all up all our ideas um, interesting you know we wanted to do new heels you know and some interesting th- new things you know we weren't flying off to Europe. We weren't going anywhere. So we had to look within ourselves and our surroundings. And I went around and photographed all the table legs in our home in Florida. And those became our new heels. They inspired us, you know, with all the different shapes and the different textures. And, you know, that was so wonderful to realize that we didn't have to go too far to be inspired. Is that going to change things moving forward? Are you going, first of all, going back to the office, um, you see the importance of maybe being together under one roof. Um, I'm sure it's a large investment, but, and also, yeah, some of those trips you took. Yeah. Um, Well, we're slowly going to change what we've been doing, but I think we've learned a lot during this time that you don't necessarily have to go so far away. You don't have to, you know, we can really um, be inspired by so many things. And I always say that, and I think that this really echoed it for us. I mean, the things that we have done, we, we sat down and we decided to add additional logos to our big Sam Edelman on the Croco. 
um, because we felt, why do we just have to live with one? We wanted it to look more elevated. Let's see how we can elevate Sam Edelman. We always say, well, you know, we have this one customer. She may be 19 to 29. She could be um, just coming out of college and getting her first job. And what's happening with her mother? Why, why can't we get her? You know, but, you know, we realized maybe the logo has to be a little bit different. Things have to look a little bit more elevated. We changed how the socks looked inside the shoes, um, besides the design of the uppers. And we really paid attention to materials. Um, can we use some um, we um, some Italian leathers? You know, we started incorporating a lot of different materials that we hadn't used before. And then we looked at our shoe box. We said, this shoe box does not look as elevated as it could. And we just spent the time. It took a few months and we have this beautiful green box now. And I have to say, it's so painful to throw out. So I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I now have my closet has all these beautiful green boxes, which is great. If you live in a tight apartment or small space, you just stack them up. It's And we've got a little sketch of the shoe and the name of it. And, you know, it's but it looks so beautiful. And um, yeah. so so those are things that I think we were so happy to have that time to um, really think about who we are. And I think one of the philosophies I've ever had, I've always had is that, you know, things change every 10 years, new generations, new ideas. I mean, there's such a difference between when I came into the footwear market and today, especially, you know, all the high tech things that are happening and and how easy it is to speak to people everywhere and th- to accomplish so many things so easy so much more easily than we could back back in the day <laughs> so um it was wonderful to have this time and and to go forward and the other thing I'm rambling yeah. here. Am I rambling? No, give it. This is amazing. Yes, <laughs> okay. I have like a million questions follow up. Okay. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> so the other thing is, okay, we have to, how are we going to speak to our customer? How are we going to get these assets? How are we going to photograph? How are we going yes. to show all the new product? And um, so I've a, been a photographer forever. And, oh, wow. But always personal. Um, I started off in the magazine world, so I've certainly worked with a lot of famous photographers and makeup artists and, you know, actresses and models. So I have the, I get the drill, but um, I've always shot with natural light and outside and I'm not shooting fashion. I'm not photographing fashion. I'm really just photographing whatever stories I come up with. But so we had me. And we had the ideas and the stories and we had the shoes. We had all the shoes shipped in, which was interesting because they were shipped into our house. So in my whole house, (laughs) I had like 500 half pairs of shoes, sometimes some pairs. And um, that was interesting. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Tiptoeing around my house. Um, But so I started photographing um, the product and we did hire models. We were very safe. Uh, we did one model at a time, and we just did it in our backyard. We started it when we were up here. No, we actually started it in Florida. We went to Miami and so on. Uh, we Then we came up north, and we were in the country, and we did the same thing. We just, you know, took the trends that I had put together and photographed outside and just created this trend books because we had to do the virtual shoe shows, and yeah. then we um, decided to do catalogs. So, okay, and that's oh something. Oh my gosh. Was that a first? 
uh, no, first we did the, all the virtual shoe shows. And then we said, why don't we go back to what we used? To, we never did catalogs, but I remember in the, you know, in the beginning of my fashion life, um, I worked at Esprit. I was so seduced by those catalogs that I used to get at home. And I was like, I've got to go work for Esprit. This is so much fun. And <laughs> so we sort of, it's interesting to look backwards, to go forward. Yeah. I mean, everybody's yeah. home. Everybody maybe was looking forward to mail, you know, and something different than a, something, right? Yes. yes. Something different than a bill. <laughs> and, um, and it gives us an opportunity to really speak to our customer and show our whole lifestyle and who we are and to show more than just one shoe. We can really show a whole product um, lifestyle group. And, it, and it's, it's been so much fun. I just did another one this week. And... Um, it's it's a lot of fun to do. Yes. Tell me about the investment of a catalog. Is that um did you pivot maybe some of your marketing from something else to that print catalog? Is it a large investment? I think that we decided it's an investment. It's actually costs as much to produce as maybe if you were going to advertise in a magazine. A very um so um but the investment is so worth it. Um we heard um uh, big sales. We really, it really helped our sales a lot. The consumer loved the catalogs. They were, if they went to a store, they would bring the catalog with them and say, I want to buy this, or they would just come to our e-commerce site. So it's a really great investment. And yes. um, was the strategy you're sending it to current customers or these were prospective customers or maybe a mix? It was a mix. What we did was send it half, the, half the catalogs went to our um, our existing consumers and the other half were consumers that were like our existing. And we're going to continue with that. And then we're also going to add even um, some more. So it's it's fun. It's fun to see it grow. Yes. Well, you mentioned those uh, virtual digital trade shows. Uh, what yes. was your experience with that? Um, yeah. Is that the new norm? I don't think it's going to be the new norm. Um, I think that... I think we're all ready to start seeing people in person. I think it actually was fun. I have to tell you, we did it from Sam and I were up here in um, in New York State and our offices were open. And so we made it fun. So like when the st- stores came to us, they would, you know, it's, we did it all on Microsoft Teams. And so they it, they first got to see Sam and I, and we sort of did a state of the union, where we are, what we think is important. And then we went to the actual um, virtual shoe show. Um, and then I would talk about the trend and it was everything I had photographed and it was sort of had a whole visual story. And I would talk to that and then we would send it to New York and they would just <laughs> pin on another. And, and all of a sudden they were back in the New York showroom and we had a model and we had people showcasing the shoe closely, but they could see it all laid out and they could ask to see it on a model. So it it actually, it worked well. Great. Well, I know you have a beautiful website. I was on it today. Are you uh, focusing more on direct sales or do you rely heavily on those retail partners that you would, yeah, talk to at a trade show? <laughs> I, I think I think we love talking to our um, consumer, but we also love our wholesale partners. Um, I think they somehow, they showcase it in some ways differently than we do. And I think it all works. I I think you have to have both. I mean, a lot of people have been saying, nobody's going to go shopping again. It's so not true. Um, 
they are going to want to go shopping again. And I, I see it in New York. I saw it in Florida. And um, it may be slow in coming back, but I think it's so wonderful to walk into a store and see how they present it. What stories are they putting together? Um, and I, th- I think it's something that people like to do with people. You know, like go with your girlfriends, go with a boyfriend, your husband, get out of the house, you know? Yes, <laughs> for sure. Well, you mentioned the, the revamped boxes. It definitely seems more of a luxury experience you're offering. Um, was that what was in mind as you're making some changes? More of a high scale or, um, yeah, more modern brand? What was kind of the direction you were moving toward? Well, you know, we've already cons- we've already considered ourselves modern um luxury, affordable luxury product. And um, so I think we were just looking saying, well, okay, we are that and have been that, but does it look like that? And, and, and we also think that why do we have to shoe, have shoes that are around only $100? Why can't we have 120 Obviously, as you get closer to booths, they are 200 they, they even go up to 300 in some cases. So um, it was... We've always felt ourselves as a luxury, affordable brand, and we just wanted to make sure we you could see that and feel it immediately. Well, I was seeing whether you had an account on TikTok, and you do, Sam Edelman brand does, but also um, I know like with the hashtag, most of the content that's connected to your brand are through... Um, what do you call it? Maybe a sub-brand or a def- Circus by Sam Edelman. What oh. is that? Oh, so Circus by Sam Edelman is now called Circus New York. That also happened during um, this fabulous last year that we've gone through that we wanted to upgrade that also. But it started as a junior brand, not my favorite world word, I have to say, but um, we thought, why not talk to you know the, the younger customer? And so we created um, Circus um, because we thought when you go to the circus, if you remember when you were younger, wasn't it entertaining and wasn't it fun and playful? And it was so much, you know, you wanted to be there. And so to us, the circus brand was that much more playful than Sam Edelman, um, much more colorful, colorful in some ways. Um, it's less expensive. And, you know, and we so we sell it to some of the same stores and then some other stores that we don't sell Sam Edelman to. And so that's how it's, it started, I want to say, seven years ago. It's actually quite a while ago. Um, it's yeah. gone through a couple of different um, – we've changed it a few times. We actually – when we started, we said um, – I was remembering the days of our daughter um, when she was a teenager – it's a horrible time for anybody to go through, by the way, <laughs> having teenagers um, because yes. they're finding their voice. They think we're stupid. Um, <laughs> you know, they. Uh, my daughter was particularly a slob. And, you know, a, a lot of teenagers are. They're throwing their clothes down. They're trying on a lot of clothes before they go out. And so when we first showed the product to the stores, it was so much fun. We took our showroom and we made it into a messy girl's bedroom. And the buyers had to sit on the bed and they had to, and there was like Red Bull thrown away all over the place and cigarettes and, you know, it just was a mess and they loved it. Um, Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it was so much fun. But then we got, we said, maybe we're too crazy and we pulled it back. But then we decided, you know, women, it doesn't matter how old they are. They love fashion. They love something new. 
um, that they don't already have. And that's what they can get from Circus New York, and that's what they can get from Sam Edelman also. Um, in both cases, um, especially when we were coming out of the pandemic, the first thing we noticed, the most original fashion-forward styles that we had in both brands were the ones to sell first um, because they didn't have it. They wanted to be excited. And I think that's also another thing is that um, women did not buy a lot of shoes during this time. They didn't need it. They just needed some slippers and sneakers, and maybe they already had it. Maybe they were buying some more clothing because they didn't have all that comfort casual stuff in their, their closet. But they weren't really buying shoes that much. So that's mm -hmm. what's so exciting about this time because they want shoes they do need them. So we're looking forward to having a great season. Well, you mentioned women weren't buying shoes. I know that you've had some category expansion. You sell men's, you sell apparel, you, anyway, circus. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you in a good place? Is it a primarily women's shoe brand business? It is primarily right now. Um, and it, it probably will always be primarily, but um, we're always looking to add to this lifestyle brand because we've always thought of it as a lifestyle brand. I mean, first of all, if you don't know what the skirt lengths or the pants are going to be like, how can you design a pair of shoes for the customer? Because it really changes what you need. So we don't technically have apparel. We only really have dresses and outerwear. Uh, we did have jeans for a while, which we loved. Um, so we're always looking to expand. And we have yeah. sunglasses and we have sunglasses. Oh, hey, hey. And that, are these completely unique teams? I know some like apparel is maybe through a, a different a different company, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes, they're like they're called licenses. They're our licensed um, partners. So we have one partner for our outerwear and dresses and which are the outerwear is phenomenal, it's doing fantastic and the dresses is getting better every minute. And um, we have sunglass license, and we do that both for Circus and Sam, and they're doing great also. Perfect. Any changes to your store Your store strategy? I know you have several stores. I don't know if they will remain open, but um, are you? do you feel the need to make them more experiential, more convenient? First of all, will they stay open? Are they still important? They are still important because it's a, it's a place that you can go in and see everything that we're all about. And I think that um, it is important to do so, something experiential for the customer. I mean, sure, they do want to come in and they do want to shop. But, you know, I think it's important to give them a reason to stay longer than a minute, you know. And so what can we do? In the past, we've... Um, did embroidery, you know, personalization for the denim, and that was always successful. And so, you know, now that we're open again and people can go shopping, I think we'll just, we'll come up with some great things. Yes. You have stores in Shanghai. What markets are you focused on beyond the U.S.? Mm, that's a really good question. I don't think I can answer that one. Not because I don't want to. I just don't know. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, talk talk me back again. In the shoe shoe industries, shoe business since the 80s, Sam and Libby. <laughs> yeah. What are some lessons learned, uh, I guess, in terms of the like staying at the forefront of the industry? Um, if you had to uh, name some secrets to doing so and continuing to do so. I, th I think that... Um, 
I mean, we've always been a fashion brand, whether it was uh, Sam and Libby or Sam Edelman and, and Esprit also. I think you have to take risks in life. You have to take risks. And I think you have to make sure that you are um, on trend, if that's the way. I mean, that's for us. We have to stay on brand, on trend, on brand, stay true to who we are. And I think we also have to be aware how things change, but how do you stay true to your brand as you change for every single week, month, year, decade? Yes. Do you have specific goals for 2021? I don't know. I'm still thinking. I'm thinking about 2022, so I don't know what kind of... I'm like so far ahead already. I'm going to start thinking about what are we going to design for fall uh, fall 2022. So... Um, let's see, fall, tw- uh, for fall, let's see, 2021, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm hoping that, I think we're really expecting that we're going to have a very good season. We're having a good spring season. Um, it's been a little tough because of all the, um, pro- getting the product in on time because of all the ports. So I think we're really ecstatic that fall is going to be great. I think we've really sort of maybe um, changed some things so we get more things on time. And so I think we're going to have a really good season. I think we're going to embrace it and we're going to really work hard on bringing the business back because obviously everybody's been hit in a hard way, you know, because people weren't shopping. So um, all we have to do is stay true to ourselves. Um, and try and keep it going and stay true to our brand. And uh, just, I think that's the most important is stay true to our brand. Yeah, you're focused on 2022 collections, but are you in the same mindset as some other brands I've talked to where it's like, we'll compare, um, we'll gauge our growth or of the company, we'll compare 2022 to 2019. Like 2020 and 2021 don't count. (laughs) Um, No, they sort of, well... Actually, I think they do count a lot. I think that it was really um, a nice time for us to really reflect and be thoughtful and to sit back and think about who, what is the Sam Edelman brand is, where do we want to move it? So I think it was good, even though it was really tough, of course. Uh, 2018 and 2019 were great years. And it is, I think most people are gauging, like, where are we to 2019? Um, Yeah. I mean, we are full on designing big collections, really big lifestyle collections that go from sneakers to high heels. And um, we just showed spring one and it was a big collection and we've already designed uh, spring two and we will show that in August and they're big. Um, And then we'll move on. Yeah. Yes. The Sam Edelman, when when ugly shoes are trending, is Sam Edelman making ugly shoes? <laughs> yes, we've had some very ugly sandals, but, you know, it did work for a while. And it's still, you know, these heavy, clunky bottoms are really important. And I think once you see, you know, pants are bigger, you know, they're not tight, tight, tight. And so you don't want a small I mean, of course, on runway, they are showing it with like these skinny heels and so on. Of course, you can wear that. But I think, 
really in a in the United States, it's much more understandable if you have something that's a little heavier to balance out like a full flare jean or like these trousers, you know, pants are called trousers now. And uh, because they are fuller and they're high-waisted and you've got to remember how to balance, you know, what looks right. Yeah. I was like, hey, I think those Zoe boots, they were probably so ugly. They were cool. They were a little yeah. ugly. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah. But it does it does work. It, it does work. It does not work all the time. You certainly don't want a pair of ugly high heels, right? That is for sure. Well, Libby, this was so fun. Thank you for being here today. Oh, well, Thanks thank so much. you. That was so much fun, Jill. We can do it anytime. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to The Glossy Podcast. See you next week.